0: to the Denver Real Estate Investing Podcast, brought to you by the Envision Advisors at Your Castle Real Estate. What's up, Denver? Chris Lopez here, and today we are talking about a house hack deal analysis. It's a great one to talk about. It's a three-bedroom Three bathroom townhouse with a great layout in West Denver. And the agent, I'm a co stay on the deal, is Stacey Rosansky. Stacey, how are you and why'd you like this deal?
1: Glad to be here, Chris. Um, I thought this deal was exciting and a little bit different because not everything went our way on this deal, but the numbers still ended up working out. So, Ooh,
0: so did not go our way. Yep. So this is always a great thing to talk about because it's reality. You, you know, we often plan for the best, hope for the best, but you have to take the punches as the market or the property or the seller or whatever mm-hmm. gives it to you. So we'll jump about that. All right. So we are going to be jumping the spreadsheet here. As a reminder, it's on YouTube. It's in the show notes as well on the blog post. We'll do our best to describe it over uh podcast here. But if you're newer to our podcast and deal analysis investing, I would definitely recommend checking out the YouTube video to see us fill out uh, Joe. A massive spreadsheet here for the property. All right. So, Stacey, give us a little background on before we talk about the deals, this contract, give us the client profile. Who was a client? What was he or she looking for? All that good stuff.
1: Yeah. Um, this was a single individual. He had moved to Denver a couple of years ago and was just um, actually renting a room himself. Um, So kind of saw from that perspective as a renter and was looking to ready to buy something. He had saved up some money for his down payment and was looking to kind of do the same strategy that um, his landlord was doing and buy a place and rent out the other rooms.
0: So pretty typical, just, I mean, younger individual looking to use house hacking and the nomad methodology go out there and start building a rental portfolio for with very little money out of pocket, right?
1: Yep, exactly.
0: All right. So other than that general stuff, any like specific criteria or certain rules or conditions that he wanted to shoot for?
1: No, he was pretty flexible, just was looking for a place, um, you know, where the numbers would make sense. And um, okay. Numbers had, had make it, sense. What's that mean? Bedrooms.
0: Because you, you and I know we talk about this all the time. I want a place where numbers make sense mm-hmm. to you and me. That's very different than client one, two, three, four, five. Like everyone has different perspectives on that.
1: Sure. Um, for, for this client, the numbers made sense where he was um, paying a little bit uh, um, in rent while he was living there and that he would cash flow when he moved out. And so we kind of looked at a couple of deals to see what where could we hit those numbers. And then this property came about and it hit everything that he was looking for.
0: Fantastic. All right, so we're gonna jump into it uh, here. What what was the purchase price of this?
1: So the purchase price ended up being 378 on this property. And
0: okay, so just under4 thousand dollars for his townhouse, mm-hmm. looking at it, putting offers in there. How competitive was it? How many other people were involved?
1: Yeah. So at this price point, it was very competitive. So actually the list price on this property was $349. And we, so we ended up having to go in and also um, secure that. We, we we actually offered $381 on this property and we secured a $20,000 appraisal gap.
0: Okay. So... But it came in at 378. So where did the the, uh, the offer came in? There was about three thousand bucks. What was the difference on there was that inspection items?
1: Uh no, actually it was um, so we only uh, the appraisal, when the appraisal came back, we were only at 358.
0: Does that appraiser know what's going on around Denver at the time?
1: <laughs> we didn't have uh much work with and we had yeah. put in that twenty thousand dollars, so we stuck to it and the sellers came down that three thousand from our offer.
0: Okay. And I mean, looking at that appraisal, this is probably, I'm assuming, one of the things you alluded to where it did not go you and your client's way. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, so explain a little bit more about the appraisal gap. So you say, hey, we're gonna offer 381 on this property, Mm -hmm. but you have a 20K appraisal gap. What does that mean exactly?
1: Yeah, so um, the lender is only going to lend on the appraised value of the home. So um, if your appraisal comes in lower than what you've offered, the appraisal gap is there to say I'm going to fill that gap between the appraisal price and the offer price. So in our case, we had twenty thousand dollar gap that we said we were willing to um, fill, and the the buyer had the cash, and he was, you know, like I said, he was willing to put that forward and take that mm-hmm. risk. Um, and in this case, unfortunately, he did have to use it.
0: Okay, And the grand scheme of things, not a big deal. Mm-hmm. And to clarify, if people ask me about this, they think if they put extra money down on the appraisal gap that's money that just goes towards the lender and like random fees. And no, that's not the case. That goes towards your equity. You're basically just putting down a higher down payment. So rather than maybe 5%, he put down 8%. And I'm just making up numbers here. Right. But it's actually going towards your equity in the property. It's not just money out the door that you never see again. So that is a huge deal. Um, and the reason why we are comfortable putting appraisal gaps because it's still going towards equity in your property. Um, so we like from that perspective. Okay, so... Let's take a step back. You put the offer in, got under contract. We already kind of fast forwarded to the appraisal. Mm -hmm. But as we give us the layout of the property and tell us about the inspection, just kind of give us the whole rundown of the property.
1: Yeah. The property um, was really unique. um, And this is why these numbers worked so well is it was it's a townhome that's sort of built into a hill. So the what you would call the basement is really at ground level. And there's a front door and everything. And then when you go upstairs to the second level, the back door the back door is at the second level, which is kind of like the garage entrance. And then there's a third story with the, or third level with um, bedrooms upstairs.
0: So looking at the front of the house, are, do you see two stories? Do you see three stories looking at the front?
1: At the front, you see three stories.
0: Oh, okay, so you actually see the basement from, okay, so you enter through the basement, the first floor. Mm-hmm. Then how do you get to the second floor? Is that- on the other side of so the house, so there
1: is a staircase, an interior staircase, but okay. there's a door um, that blocks off the second and third level from the basement, and then you have an exterior access to the second level from the backside.
0: So a great way just to have, I mean, yeah. pretty good privacy.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, so um, I'm assuming some, he's going to run out the basement upstairs or something like that. What's the plan there? What's the layout of each level?
1: Yeah. So additionally, the the basement or first level. Um, has a full bath, um, bedroom, and it had a little kitchenette already in there. So it's basically was set up as its own little apartment.
0: Great. And so kitchenette—that means everything but a, a stove.
1: Yep. Okay. Yeah. And then the um, upstairs had has two two um, bedrooms, each with their own full bathroom. So it's a great sit- setup for roommates.
0: So everyone has their own private bath. Yep. Okay. And is there a half bath on the main floor or is it? There is also, yeah. Okay, so it's three bed and three, three and, and a and half,
1: a half bath, bath. Actually, yeah.
0: Oh, perfect layout. Mm-hmm. And so the reason, um, I mean, I got excited about that is because, you know, for house hacking, I'm assuming you might be doing a room-by-room rental model is if rooms have a private bathroom, you get a rent bump on there. Right. Uh, which is one of our um, clients, like a year or two ago, did, he scraped Craigslist data, Austin Allen, and he ran analysis that a private bathroom bathroom Got somewhere around an extra $100 a month in rent bump. Um, okay. Yeah, there's was a, an old blogger on the website. Very interesting, but he scraped like 100 properties and did analysis. So he was actually able to show that, hey, people are asking for money on this amount for a private bathroom. And yeah. I mean, 100, 200, an extra $300 a month, it's a good chunk of money.
1: Yeah, that's awesome data to have. I mean, we go off it anecdotally, but yeah. that's great.
0: Well, that's why I said in the past. has actually <laughs> stated back it up. Um, so we will dig it up and put in the show notes. And I think I need to share it with you, Stacey, because it's a really cool one. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, OK, we got the layout there. What is his strategy on this property?
1: So, yeah. So um, the plan would be to rent out the basement separately and then rent out one of the rooms upstairs while he lives in the other.
0: All right. And he'll stay there for a year or two then move out and convert it to a rental. That's the plan. Yeah. All right, so before we plug this in the spreadsheet, anything on the inspection that we need to talk about or networthy? Nope. The inspection,
1: okay. There. I don't think we even had to submit an objection. It was very in good shape.
0: I all right. Think. So to kind of keep it simple, we won't go through all the, the details of like the acquisition cost and loan costs and some things like that. Just understand it was a $20,000 appraisal gap. Mm-hmm. He was planning on bringing about 5% down. <laughs> yep. Ended up bringing some more down just for the appraisal gap. So all in, between the down payment, closing cost, and the extra appraisal cost, about 32000 all in, right?
1: Uh, a little bit higher, because I think we have to take out some of these seller credits. And
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm on the wrong spread. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Let me actually fill this out. <laughs> so scratch what I just said there.
1: <laughs> it's, so, it's actually close. Yeah.
0: Walk me through numbers. these
1: numbers here. Um, that should be 7000
0: Okay. For acquisition. Yeah. And
1: then get rid of the seller credits. Get rid of the repair costs so.
0: About 33,000? Yeah. All right. I think that's close enough. And again, these are all just ballpark numbers. Yeah, and
1: actually, um, he did monthly mortgage insurance, so you can change that. Great. And so, this is where we need to uh, bump up the down payment, yeah.
0: So, we'll say about, yep, about 6.5%. Yeah, that's perfect.
1: um,
0: All in about Mm $33,000. And a great point on there, um, he decided to go for the monthly mortgage insurance instead Mm -hmm. of the upfront mortgage insurance. And that's something... Don't get too fixated listeners out there about what that number is when you're analyzing properties, because it's probably the most variable number you'll see in the entire process. Yeah. Once you're in a contract, the lender will sit down with you a couple of days after you're going to contract and present you options. Right. And if we're going with our lenders, they will say, hey, here's upfront, here's monthly, here's some other options. And that's when you get those exact numbers to come back and re-underwrite the property.
1: And in this case, you know, he already had to bring that extra money to the table. So I think he just opted to not Mm -hmm. bring that extra upfront mortgage insurance. Um, 3% was his interest rate.
0: All right. So 3%, 30 years. And let's plug this in for once he moves out, because when analyzing properties, I think that's the most important number to look at is... People are buying a future rental property, mm-hmm. and they live there for a year or two, but want to make sure it works in the long run. Yep. So, what's the rental estimates for once they move out?
1: Um. So I think he would still do the like the basement on its own and room by room on the upstairs. Um. So I think it would be uh, eleven hundred for the basement. All right. And then about nine hundred for each bedroom.
0: And. I mean, so that's twenty nine hundred dollars a month in total rent, uh, which is a very high rent for a, you know, a three hundred and eighty thousand dollar property. Vacancy, what are you running it at for room by room? Three percent, five percent?
1: Um, I have it at five percent.
0: Okay. And we'll keep rent increase, appreciation at three percent to be very conservative, even though both of those numbers are much higher than three percent right now in the market. Mm-hmm. And then property management. I'm assuming he'll self manage yep. upon moving out. Yes. Repairs reserves, five percent. Yeah,
1: I think five percent.
0: Okay, because what happens a lot of times for townhomes or condos with HOAs, yep, that's what we'll do—a slightly lower monthly reserves for you know maintenance, repairs, capex. But then you're also paying those items indirectly through your monthly HOA because they're putting aside money for insurance and future roof replacements and snow removal and all that stuff.
1: Yep. So this property does have an HOA, and it is two fifty a month. So right. pretty
0: reasonable. So like $250 a month taxes.
1: Um taxes on this property are $1533. Insurance? Um
0: $540. $540. And then do you recall what the HOA covers for utilities?
1: Um, I don't recall to but it was definitely water and sewer were included in
0: that. So probably saying water, sewer, trash, <laughs> typical stuff yeah. there. Okay. So that will be HOA. Trash will be HOA, electric and gas, or Excel, that's going to be tenant, or in this case, probably the landlord, and he's...
1: Yeah, just bill back.
0: Okay. Mm -hmm. Is he actually going to... Is he going to bill it back or include in the rent?
1: Mm -hmm. Do you
0: know? I don't know the specifics, yeah. I would say, I mean, based on those numbers, you could probably include some utilities in there as well. So what are you estimating for Excel on a townhouse? Like 150 a month on the high side? Yeah, I think so. Uh, I mean, I think... So that's about $1,800 a year. And what a lot of our clients do, um, they can say, great, hey, roommate one, roommate two, roommate three, all utilities include your rent is $900 a month for the upstairs, $1100 a month for downstairs. But in addition, that's an extra $50 a month to cover water, sewer, electric, and Wi Fi or whatever it is. Sure. So we'll come back and play with that. Is he going to landscaping? Is that HOA?
1: Yeah, there's no landscaping.
0: Okay. And then the gonna, you know, I guess take care of. Do you know Wi-Fi internet?
1: No, he wasn't planning on it. Okay, how? Oh, Let them figure it out.
0: Okay. <laughs> so we'll leave this numbers as is, and not even count any utility bill back right now to keep it simple. But to do a quick recap, this is a three hundred and eighty thousand dollar townhouse, three bedroom, three bath, three and a half bathroom, with every room having an individual bathroom. And what we're seeing here is a total net operating income of about $24,500. Subtract out the mortgage payments, subtract out the monthly mortgage insurance, and about $5,000 a year in cash flow. That's awesome.
1: Pretty awesome. Yeah.
0: Do you know what his actual mortgage insurance was?
1: Um, I do, yeah. $119, $120 a month. Okay, so really the spreadsheet guess,
0: yeah. says like $127, so that is good enough math for us here. So you can see here, I mean, $5,000 a month he had to be happy about that one. Yeah. I'm assuming that's why he brought the extra 20 grand to the table because numbers made sense, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. So even with the higher down payment he had to bring, that's still giving him a 15% cash on cash return. And we're looking at about a 78% return on his initial investment in year one. Mm -hmm. And take that with a grain of salt because depreciation is in there, some of the rental income is in there. But understand that since... This client's putting so little down, like many of our house hacker clients are, they often get great returns. And in this case is also getting a great cash flow. So two things I want to do before we uh wrap up here, Stacy, because you say he's going to be living in the, which unit is he going to be living in? Which bedroom? Uh,
1: I'm just one of the bedrooms upstairs.
0: Okay. So we'll subtract out $900 a month. Yep. So will have about $2,000 a month in income while living there. And... We have a negative forty six hundred dollars uh, in cash flow. What's that per month? Forty six hundred divided by twelve. It's about three hundred and eighty dollars a month for him to live there with utilities. I'm right. assuming too. I was
1: gonna say under five hundred a month.
0: Yeah, it was. I'm guessing it's probably cheaper than his previous room when he was renting exactly. out the other person's house. Act. Mm-hmm. So I mean, this is where it gets really cool. Where he's able to buy a property as well cash flow when he moves out. He's living to where he can immediately reduce his cash flow by a few hundred dollars a month between living now versus where he's living in the previous room, but also he has an asset. He's mm-hmm. building equity. He has an appreciating asset. Like, this is cool stuff. This is why house hacking is such a great play right now in Denver. And then, I mean, the other thing we could do is can come back here and say, you know what? When he moves out, he can charge an extra, you know, say $150 a month in utilities Mm-hmm. And you have to play around with that because utility bill back is not to me- meant to be a profit center it's meant to be right. a legitimate
1: but i forgot to mention it also has a one-car garage so oh he's got another
0: well great now it's a four-bedroom there. house right <laughs> um so the plan there is to probably rent out the garage at a premium right exactly i mean what fifty hundred dollars a month
1: right so yeah. tack that on to somebody's rent and well
0: yeah. So we'll add the utility bill back, $100 a month, $100 a month in the garage space. And now we're looking at possibly like a 70, you know, $7,500, $7,700 a year in cash when he moves out. What am I missing here, Stacy? Nothing. Because you told me before, because <laughs> we didn't have a chance to prep for this uh, deal now. It's so like a normal YouTube before. This is a really cool house hack. Yeah. I see why now.
1: Yeah, I think. The numbers just, are amazing. Well, it's what I said in the beginning. It's like, it didn't it didn't go in our favor with the appraisal, but it was worth it still to bring that extra money down because look at these numbers. Yeah, they still work.
0: So I'm curious from there when you guys were in a contract and you know, hey, you got the the not so good news about the appraisal. What was uh, the reaction? Was his mindset, or was it all just hey, let me plug it in here and see what the numbers like? What was his process?
1: So we had already run it. Like from the beginning, because it's a risk when you say you're gonna um, secure that appraisal gap, and so he had already had it in his mind that this this could happen, and so we we already knew what the outcome was, um, and he had you know that does those designated funds for the down payment, and he so it all worked out, and so it wasn't a big you know surprise or shock. It was just okay. We planned for this. Unfortunately, we have to use it.
0: Great. Any other thoughts for you? Close out this podcast, Stacey? Uh
1: no, I think this was a good one. I do too. And I mean,
0: everyone out there listening and watching, this is just a great reminder that yes, the market is tough right now. It's a seller's market. There's lots of people bidding on the same properties. You're gonna you know, you're gonna go over list, you're gonna have some appraisal gaps sometimes. And while it it sucks in the moment, it doesn't ruin it in the long run for you. So come back here and Stacy did the best thing with the client. Hey, you ran the numbers and we're up and did it before to know kind of like, hey, here's the, the uh, scenario we'll look at. And so it's always great to run those numbers. Um, and this is just what we do here at the Vision Advisors. We, we help clients find deals that make sense for them. And then we get it done in the current market conditions to make sure it helps you play that long-term rental property. So Stacy, great job on here. And listeners, viewers out there, if you guys need help with anything, reach out to me, reach out to Stacy; We'll help you out. Go out there and achieve your goals. Have a great one. Bye.